Hello, greetings, salutations, and thank you so much for checking out the first ever episode of Deep Diving, a brand new podcast. My name is Owen, and first things first, I've been something of a charlatan the last while. I've been a false prophet. I've been somebody faking an orgasm. It's coming! I said about 20 times when that was, in fact, far from the truth. However, thankfully, after a few false starts, here we are. So, now that you have stumbled across it, I hope you find something raucous or silly or thought-provoking or some little nugget that'll keep you coming back for more. So, what I wanted to do with Deep Diving was amass a collection of longer-form conversations with some really interesting people. Some of them household names and people who you'd want to hear from just by virtue of the reputation and other people whose names you might not recognise but will have fascinating stories or insights or expertise. Anything from pop stars to politicians to actors to philosophers to reformed drug addicts, it's all on the table and it's going to be an ever-evolving series, so I hope you'll stick with us. Now, my first guest on the podcast will need no introduction for a lot of people. He's a singer by the name of Louis Capaldi. Now, Louis is a fascinating prospect for me for two main reasons. The first reason being, off the back of one song, he's been propelled into a level of superstardom that bands and artists can only dream about over their entire careers. This song, Someone You Loved, has him already being mentioned in the same spheres as Adele, as Sam Smith, and all these other big contenders contemporary modern pop voices who are bona fide superstars. Now, I do proffer if you walked up to a random person on the street and asked them to name two Lewis Capaldi songs, they would struggle and stop after someone you love. However, in spite of that, Lewis has sold out an entire arena tour all across the UK and Ireland, including two dates in Dublin's Three Arena, which is about 26,000 tickets, basically off the back of one song. So I find that level of connection unprecedented and really fascinating and ripe ground for exploring. The second reason Lewis is really fascinating to me is that he's kind of like this generation's James Blunt. That's to say his online persona has now become almost as famous as his musical output and he uses humour a lot, particularly on Twitter to deflect a lot of the negative comments that are hurled towards him and it's that handling of that kind of commentary that's uh, really amassed him a legion of fans. So in the chat you're about to hear, we talk about him growing up in Glasgow. We talk about his uh, morphing from civilian who could walk around uninterrupted into a superstar, how he's dealing with that loss of anonymity uh, and about his brand new album, Divinely Uninspired to a Hellish Extent. If you do like what you hear in this podcast, please tell your friends, please share online and please help me get the word out there. This is my own little passion project. I'm currently sitting here in my home podcast studio and I'd love it to grow and morph into something bigger and bolder and brighter. But for now, thank you so much for joining me. This is the very first episode of Deep Diving with Lewis Capaldi. Hi, Lewis Capaldi. Hello, how are you doing? 
I'm well. Well, I had to run to the loo there, so I'm moderately out of breath. So I think it's probably going to take me a few minutes to settle. Yep, I hope you shook. Uh, I did. <laughs> I did shake, but I didn't wash my hands to save time. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But it's not as bad as you, because you suffered the great indignity last night of being kept up because there was uh, a couple in your hotel room. Not in your room, that'd be weird. Not in my room, but close to, in close proximity, yeah. Yeah, and they were boisterously lovemaking. They were bumping uglies, for sure. And uh, yeah, it was just extremely loud. And it was, I mean, it started off with both of them making quite a lot of noise. And then the lady made even more noise. And then for the, the remainder, like the next, the next, let's say, 10 minutes, it was just the man making noise. So I don't know. You surmise that yourself, come to your own conclusions, but I think I have a pretty good idea of what's going on here. Why? What do you think is going on there? I think they've begun, it's been a mutual thing, and it's been like, oh, this is nice, and then here we go, and then it's come to a point where one of the man is definitely is definitely giving giving it heave-ho, giving it giving it what for, and is is just vigorously thrusting away, and uh, he's just, you know, he's just absolutely going for it, and she's loving it, and she's going, oh my God, this is the best night of my life, and he's, I think she's finished, and as we all know, as women often do, rolled over to sleep after she's had so a fill. So selfish. She's had a fill, and then he's had to go into the bathroom and, and you know, just, just do, do what needs to be done. Uh, oh, so you think he's in the bathroom? Yeah, I think he's. I think he's had to take us. I think he's gratuitously. Yeah, I thrashing. Think, yeah, I think he said, yeah. "Come on, you always do this." You and then she goes, "Oh," and she pretended to be asleep like they always do. But as soon as they've had, as it was typical, as soon as they've had the fill, they always they always roll over. Such a, such selfish lovers are, are awful. Women those kind. women. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> never, the, never the other way around. They need to recalibrate their behaviour towards <laughs> men. <laughs> exactly. For yeah. Centuries, yeah. millennia. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well. well. <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> Have you ever been ashamed of any of your behaviour towards a woman? Uh, I think, you know, I'm, I'm only 22. But I mean, yes, I guess so. Like, when I was a child, like, do you know what I mean? I've definitely okay, okay. made stupid jokes and things like that. Yeah, but I, other than that, I mean, I've done anything too, you know, too untoward or anything like that. I mean, I've been ashamed of my myself for other reasons. Like my, my you know, my, my ability to pass gas at any given moment. It's a, bit of, it's a bit of a shame. I have a, I have a tendency to pick my nose quite a lot in public. And I saw your billboard interview where you said you did an interview in Sweden, and yep. all they talked about and all they wanted to talk about for the entire interview was your bowel movements. Yep, yep. So maybe we should we should veer away from that. I I would relish the opportunity. I would relish yeah. the opportunity to talk about something else other than my my bowels. Yeah. Glasgow. Glasgow. So from what I understand, that where you grew up, just outside of Glasgow, what's it called? It's called Bathgate. It's a place in West London. I actually didn't grow up in Bathgate. That's just what I say because it's the closest big town. I grew up in a place called East Whitburn. I mean, yeah, it's a good place to grow up. I think my parents, my dad actually went. I mean, I don't know if he's, but dad went bankrupt as a as a younger man, and then and then had to yeah had to start all over again. Was this before you were around or when you were a kid? When I was a child, I think yeah, and they had to move. They moved. They were, moved you, were you aware of that as a thing? Uh, I don't No I don't think so I don't know I mean he says bang up I think he might have just Been skint and fucking Oops sorry I swore there <laughs> No it's a podcast You can swear oh, all you like Fuck nice one Fuck sorry. shit bugger yeah I've been trying Tiptoeing around People talking about talking about People having sex earlier, But um, yeah so I think um, I don't know what the actual situation was But I definitely know They had to move Away from Glasgow okay. Because they were Because um, the reason I'm state. focusing On the safe thing is right My girlfriend is a GP <laughs> and, But she trained in Glasgow Alright nice one And so intermittently Now we've broken up At the time But yeah. we were kind of On off back forward Up down What the hell are we doing yeah. But I nipped over quite a bit. Mm. And even before that, my first ever girlfriend was from Glasgow. Yeah. Got my first ever punch in the face in Paisley. Oh, nice. In the ice rink. Yeah. And, and the ice rink. Yeah. Uh, explain. 
Well, we met in Italy on holidays. My yeah. parents said, oh, that's nice you met a girl for three weeks. You don't love her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 15 and that's it. Yeah. Um, but sulked and they let me go over and visit her. And uh, we went, she lived in Paisley and we went ice skating because that's what you do. Is yep. Date the local amenity. Of course, yeah. It's, this, this, it's the thing to do in Paisley. And some fella just bumped into me and I was like, easy. You know, yeah. as benign as that. And he punched me right in the face. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but I it was mean, terrifying. I mean, I bet. I bet. I mean, he could have took it off his took it off his boot and tried to slice you with it that wouldn't have been great I mean no, no but at least it, it should count yourself lucky it was yeah. just a punch in the face is all I'm saying so first ever yeah. punch but also my girlfriend she said that highest rate of lung cancer in the western world has Glasgow and also there was this big I don't know if you heard about this this is like Glaswegian folklore there was this big NHS pilot right where they mm. wanted to get people eating healthier food mm. so they had these subsidised fruit and veg vans doing the rounds in Glasgow all right, and wow. they had to disband the programme why tell me tell, tell me in because they were commandeered by local <laughs> drug gangs. Wow. And they were selling drugs wow. out of the NHS funded <laughs> fruit and veg vans. <laughs> I mean that's definitely I mean it's definitely a fun story it's definitely good good, good to tell but uh, yeah I don't know I, mean, <laughs> I definitely grew up in a, in a bit of a safer part yeah yeah, yeah sure. okay okay uh, I think Glasgow these days I mean it still has its bits but I think it's, it's definitely a, a very you know it's a bit more like everywhere these days but more yeah. gentrified but more nice but, okay. um, I'm not trying to shit in your lovely city no no don't worry I still love it there was a thing called what's it the thing called the Glasgow effect it's like apparently the life expectancy is like 55 years old yeah which is I think it's like an old thing but um, no I, I love Glasgow man it's a good place to live but and Stories like that just make you kind of. It sounds weird, but make you almost love it more. And the second one, not the lung cancer thing. That's obviously not. Yeah. yeah. But the stories like yeah, but that just make you kind of be like, that's us. That's, <laughs> love that, those old entrepreneurial drug yeah. dealers. Yeah. That's it. You got you got to commend it to some degree. But uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it's a good place to grow up. Where I grew up, it was just just outside it, and I say equidistant between the two, Glasgow and Edinburgh. I kind of like where I grew up in terms of just dipping in and out of places. Do you yeah, know what I mean? sure. But um, yeah, it was boring. It was like anywhere growing up. Yeah, okay. You know, one thing is uh, I've noticed about you, mm. and maybe this is like a defense mechanism, maybe it just is what you are. You're, you're super self deprecating. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, like you're one of the funniest people. There's articles written. You should follow Lewis Calamari yeah. on Twitter. He's this funny, cool guy. <laughs> like was it yesterday? There was a guy tweeted you, and I was like, Does anyone else think Lewis Capaldi is a boring cunt? And you were like, Well, I'd rather have a pint with me than you, mate. Yeah, it's that kind of James Blunt humor mm. thing. Yeah. Now I'd say to be fair, James Blunt gets it way more than you do. Uh, James Blunt gets it, um, gets it tight, but he gives it back a lot better than I do as well. He's, I don't he's, know. He's, he's a wizard. I'm enjoying your work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but are you like are you hard on yourself like do you very straight question do you like yourself you know um, what I, mean? I like myself I think yeah, yeah cool. I think uh, I seem I think I'm an okay guy I've not done anything too bad or criminal I think people see the, the self-deprecating thing is yeah like like you say I have had questions especially it was some interview for some a fancy paper I can't remember what it was but they kind of I think they were trying to delve into my psyche slightly and be yeah, like okay. so yeah it was like that are you, is that like a defence mechanism because you're too you're too scared to open up and be like and I think no it's just how I was brought up like being from Glasgow I think a self-deprecating thing is it's a thing in Scotland and it's a, it's like a, people aren't people are very uh, what's the word? They, they just they're very self-aware and very know who they are and very thing. And I think the utmost thing is having a laugh. That's the most. That's the biggest priority. Even in school, to the detriment of my grades. 
the utmost thing was having a laugh and I loved to go to school because it was time to piss about my pals, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so I've never looked at it as like, maybe there is something in there that's like a, I don't know, Freudian, I don't, do you know what I mean? Like pure fucking like, psychological, sorry, yeah. thing that people can delve into. Because I get, there's the jokes and stuff like that yeah, with, yeah. with your man, which is just a good bit of zing back yeah. and forth, but like, about like your appearance and oh, I might get the ride now and oh, I'm going to get on Tinder <laughs> yeah, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know, no, I've just always been, I've always been that guy. Like, yeah, even okay, at, okay. Even in school, I've did that and stuff like that and I don't know, like even my family, for example, show affection by slagging each other off and taking the piss at each other and yeah. I think that's good and same with my pals Glasgow I mean it's similar here you, you, can, you can greet somebody by going alright you can't how's it going like do you know what I mean it's like you, you call your pals every name under the sun but it's fine because you're pals and it's like all with the name of having a laugh do you know what I mean and I think uh, and that's an Irishism as well that's like, yeah, yeah exactly yeah 100% and it, that's exactly what I've found with anybody I've met from Ireland or anybody I've met you know north of England's quite good for it as well just that, that kind of yeah, the people just like taking the piss and having a laugh, and I think that's that's a good trait to have. And I think, yeah, I've never when I'm saying like all oh, like all oh, the stuff about my appearance and stuff like that, I'm not actually don't, I don't think about it. Do you know what I mean? I don't like. Yeah, that's what I wonder. It's like I wonder is he actually a really self conscious yeah. guy or is he down on himself or? No, I, I definitely don't look in the mirror and go, oh, you disgust me. Do you know what I mean? But um, I don't get me wrong. It's definitely I, I, everyone's a bit self conscious about things about them, but it's not. It's never. I've never. I've not. Don't have crippling. Yeah, self consciousness. Do you know what I mean? It's like I'm just a same, same, exact same as everyone, exact same levels as everyone else. Do you know what I mean? And there'll be days where I think I look uglier than others. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And there'll be days yeah. where I'm like, my hair's shite. I want to get that cut or do this. Do you know what I mean? And yes, yeah, yes, yeah. But U- like, universal insecurities. Yeah, yeah. But it's not. I'm never. I'm never like. I'm not a deeply insecure person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, people have asked me questions about you know that like that fancy paper was one that was like I keep saying fancy paper, which kind of shows my class. <laughs> yeah, it was the but, star. <laughs> totally. But. Um, <laughs> It was like, yeah, you're thinking too deep into it. It's surface level, taking the piss. That's yeah. it. Like, if, if I'm d- discussing other people who are in the music industry, I'm like, they're off in LA and that, and I'm sitting here in a pub eating a bag of crisps. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. taking the piss out of my situation of it. Oh, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the reactions that endeared you to a lot of people of you, mm. particularly when you were listening to Scott Mills and you got the number one slot. Like, when you were, because obviously, like, Niall Horan mm. has been mm-hmm. a big champion of you, and you guys are pals now. Yeah. And when you're when you're meeting people that a couple of months ago you were watching from afar in the charts yeah. and now you're outselling them, you know, <laughs> pop stars yeah. and now they're your peers. Yeah. You finding that weird or are you taking to that easy? That, that is weird because you don't pop star. Like, I mean, I think it's the kind of like you just have this idea of when you get to this. I found everything to be quite, um, to quite refre- to be quite refreshingly like mundane about it all. Do you know what I mean? Not mundane, but that's probably the wrong word because obviously you get up on stage you do this amazing stuff like that. But I found it all to be quite, it's quite nice how it's quite, it's like, it does feel like a job at times and in, in the best way possible. Yeah. yeah. I, I think when I was watching as you say these people from afar you go oh it must be so glamorous and it must be this and that and what I've found refreshing this is it what I've found refreshing is that it isn't always as, as glamorous as that you get like the odd bit of like maybe this is just me maybe there are other pop stars who have fucking other pop stars do you hear that there I've changed yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but there are other people in the charts and stuff who have got like you know bet, like maybe their life is very glamorous but I think what I've quite enjoyed about it is realising oh it's not actually as like glitzy and glamoury and like a shiny as thingy but it's like a nice kind of there is a bit of like substance to it because it's like you do have to kind of work yeah 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 for it a bit do you know what I mean like the, it's like so yesterday I was saying to you like we did promo all day like radio shows and that stuff like that and then we did the gig and then straight after the gig I had promo until I went to bed on the like the form of people in Australia do you know what I mean so I think it's quite exciting because it's like you do feel that like you've worked 
yeah. at, the, at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? And I quite like that. And uh, yeah, it's weird to see them to kind of be in that mixture now of like, for example, in the UK at least, I think over here as well, it's like the charts is like we're with Calvin Harris and Ariana Grande and stuff like that. And you always, I don't know, I think I always, you look at the, the top five and you always thought, oh, that would be like, if you were there, that's you're like massive. Yeah. And then you get there and you're like, oh, it's not actually, not really that much. I mean, I don't, I don't feel So you're going to get a curry tonight and have it, yeah. I don't, I'm a regular, just proper regular guy. You know what I mean? but, <laughs> <laughs> that's the brand. There you go. No, but, um, no, it was definitely like, uh, it's just, I don't know, I just, I, you always, even, this is, even last year, right, I was playing shows and like, I played the Battlelands in Glasgow and Shepherd's Bush in London. Over here we did the Helix which was which was interesting because it was like it's not usually a gig venue I think yeah it's a theatre yeah 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 totally yeah. but um, so, so we're doing like the Olympia here next next to it and it's like the the weird thing about it is you saw that and you always think you always see, when you went to see bands there I was like these guys have made it like that's exactly like that that would be my definition of making it yeah if you go in and then you get to it and you're like it doesn't feel like I've made it like I think there's always this thing that you feel like you're going to arrive at something and it's going to be like here I am and all my glory, do you know what I mean? But and maybe it takes that, like, the, the Justin Bieber level of frenzy for, to, for you to feel like you've made it. Because yeah, yeah. even the picture of this, lads, I kind of go, 70,000 tickets they've yeah. done. Like, that's a, that's a Wembley Stadium, isn't mm-hmm. it? More, like, close to it, anyway. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they can, like, they can still go back to a thigh and just walk in the local pub, whereas totally. Justin Bieber, that's denied to him. Totally. And that's why I think he had his breakdown. Yeah, I don't know if you yeah, saw yeah. he did an Instagram post the other day, and he yeah. was like, a lot of people will have noticed yeah. I was having a shit time last yeah. tour. Exactly. And when he came here, I, I was kind of, I was going, he's, I've seen him twice, and the time before he was here, I was kind of angry towards him, because mm-hmm. I felt he was slacking. Yeah, and I yeah. felt he was taking it all for granted totally. and just going through the motions. But the last time mm-hmm. I saw him, I felt desperately sorry for him. Mm-hmm. Totally. I said, there's a guy who's been hounded into mm-hmm. some sense of... Totally. Turmoil, and I think that's kind of like. But maybe you need. You, is it almost? Maybe you need that level of paparazzi waiting outside your gaff every single day for you to feel like you've arrived. I mean, and maybe, at that stage, it's shit. Maybe at that point, it's like that's when you feel like, oh, this maybe gone a bit too far, and you're like, it's still not a feeling of arrival, but it's a feeling of like, oh fuck, yeah, this has never got to a point. But you keep walking and walking because you don't really feel like there's this feeling of I've made it. But then you get to a point where you're fucking constant. Like he is like around the world, paparazzi all the time. Can't go anywhere, and you're like, oh fuck, this is maybe gone. Maybe it's a bit too yeah. much now. I think what's kind of cool about the attitudes towards people like Justin Bieber, and even like the One Direction lads as well. Like, I remember when I was younger, and it was like it was cool to be like, oh Justin Bieber, not not listen to that and stuff. Like that. And then you're always like, but then you grow up a bit, and you're like, do you know, what? these are just lads the same like similar ages to me. And they're just they're doing exactly what they wanted to do this whole time. And then as you get older as well, and you start realizing, even older than that, you realize, oh, this must be that, the pressure that they must all be under to kind of deliver every single night and kind of do all the radio commitments and TV commitments and stuff like that, while also maintaining. I mean, they can't really do. They can't go off and get pissed and do stupid stuff yeah. the same as the rest of us. So I mean, so yeah, I think it's quite cool. And it must be. It's also like an attitude towards mental health is probably a bit. that's changing a bit more as well. Yeah, as, yeah, we, yeah. as we grow up and learn it. But I think it's a cool thing that we can kind of now look at from where I where I started, especially with Justin Bieber. Like when I was younger, I used to be like, oh, that's not fuck that, that Justin Bieber stuff's not cool. Fuck that. Yeah. And you grow up a bit and you're like, that's actually quite good. And he's got also, some really good tunes. Yeah, yeah, he's got some good tunes. <laughs> you know, the, like the early albums. Like, oh, this is quite a banger. And then you realise as well, he's just a young guy. He's fucking. Smashing it, you're like fair play to him, and then you get a bit old, and you're like, oh fuck, 
I can see now where he the struggle he must go through. So I think it's oh, because because nice. funny when it's when the wheels started to come off a little bit, <laughs> I was very unsympathetic. Actually, yeah. I was like, he's just a little spoiled prick, and he's yeah. throwing eggs at people's houses. Yeah. He, was, he was doing obnoxious stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but totally. then there's an underlying thing, mm. and there was that whole thing. He was drinking. What was that drink? It was like codeine and paracetamol yeah, yeah. Oh, mixed pop with or something. Yeah, that whatever that was, that was. Yeah, a lean or something like that. Yeah. yeah, that was a big craze for a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, but it's that thing as well. But then, I mean, I. I've definitely thrown an egg at a house before. And ah. I just never, I just wasn't. Undocumented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wasn't massively famous. But Will Smith said that. He said, he was like, man, the shit we did, yeah. the stuff I got up to, I'll take to my grave. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He said, but there just wasn't camera phones. It just totally. didn't exist. Exactly, yeah. And I think it's just, uh, it's just he said, and people saw me do bad shit, mm-hmm. but they, they couldn't document it. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's weird, isn't it, man? And that's, the thing, that's the strangest thing I've found about recently. So I was away on tour in Europe when the song was kind of going in number one and stuff yeah. here in the UK and, and it was, I was like oh that's cool but I never last time when I left the UK it was like max this is in January it started January I would get one or two pictures if I went out yeah do you know I mean that was it and even then it was like just alright mate oh, oh you're that guy ha, let's get a picture after a few pints with said person do you know what I mean yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, and then when I came back it was like I've been out twice in Scotland since it and it was like mental just absolutely mad how many people it was uh, and the difference was Massive, and the th- what the weirdest thing I found was maybe even not that, but people just filmed me. Yeah, they filmed me on your yeah. phone, and I'm like, oh, this is so fucking like weird, man. This is like they just they just turn their phones on and they they try and do it covertly, and then some of them just fucking aren't even bothering. And you're like, it's such a strange, strange yeah situation. So yeah, I mean, like that's the thing with these the camera phones and that you could be having a few pints, and I I I was out and did, did you ever day. call them by the way? Did you ever call them on it? No, I, I don't. I just kind of I just kind of. On. Yeah, but I just find that so rude. Um, and I know Robert Sheehan, you know Robert Sheehan, the actor. Yeah, that's his biggest bugbear about fame. Mm. To the point, not aggressively, but mm. he'll actively call people out. He's like, yeah. "Stop filming me." Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a per- come up and say yeah. hello. Let's have a conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he won't tell them to fuck off. But he'll yeah. be like, "I'm right here. Talk to me." Yeah. I'd rather chat to you for two minutes. Totally. Yeah. There's a Fifty Cent song where he says something like, "It says something like, if you see me in the street, tell me you love me. Don't take pictures. Don't stare at me, man." That's what he says. Yeah. yeah. And this is this is Robert Sheen and, and everybody else's plate of the 21st century. Fifty Cent already covered. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's a very. But that's that's the thing. I think. But it's getting comfortable with it. I'm not comfortable enough to think at the minute to go. Can you not do that? But it's, it's weird. Imagine I just start filming somebody who's walking down the street. Like, yeah. you know I mean? It'd be fucking weird. But, um, They'd punch it. No, exactly, yeah, 100%. And it's like, I, I was out in St. Patrick's Day and I was drinking and I was had a few drinks. And then I had all these people tweeting saying that I was like fried and on that I was on drugs. And I'm like, where the fuck have you got this from? But anyway, it wasn't, right? And, and there was no indication that I was. I wasn't even that drunk. But it's just like people just... Like fabricate things and put them on Twitter, and you're yeah. like, "This is mental! Like, yeah. it's absolutely mental!" And but people take it for well, it's so mad. But it's like, did you laugh at that, or were you kind of going, "Oh, don't I, like that"? I, I laughed at it, but like, I mean, my mum reads that stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. she comes back, and go, "You're not doing this, are you?" And I'm like, no, <laughs> like fucking no. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> to fucking get because she she my mum does this weird thing where she reads all the negative comments on Twitter and sends me them. And oh I'm no! Like, <laughs> oh dear! Don't fucking don't fucking set don't. Send me them. So, like, most I think back in the day, it would have been my mum cuts out, you know, all the newspaper articles of us people talking about a band and stuff like that. My mum just sends me all the fucking negative comments. <laughs> people calling me saying I look like meatloaf on Twitter. And I'm like, Mum, stop doing this. Why? You've spent all this time building up my self esteem over these years and now you're systematically destroying it. But, um, no, no, but, um, but no, she just does it. But, like, I so like that stuff, like, people just tweeting like that. My mum reads it and tweets me, like, oh, come on, I have to sit through the conversation. Now. No, I'm not doing 
drugs. No, I'm not doing. Do you know what I mean? It's fucking ridiculous. But um, aye, so I, that the, yeah, the filming thing for me is just a very, it's a very weird, weird thing. Yeah, it is a weird thing. Yeah. Did you ever think of doing X Factor or any of the TV shows? Yep, I went on. I auditioned for Britain's Got Talent. Oh, did you? Yep, I did not get in. Fuck off. No, I got. So I, I did a month on Sun Song, and I got. I, it was you know you did it before the actual TV auditions. Yeah, I did that and I never got in. But um, I know I know two people who have done it. My so my ex girlfriend who wrote all these songs about and we're still friends. She got to the semi final. Britain's Got Talent a few years ago, and my pal Gary, he was in the lineup of like boys who an X Factor who got brought in when One Direction were picked out the thing. So you know we're like right, these boys step forward and, and you are One like, Direction. He was yeah, in that lineup. He was in the lineup. Shit. Yeah, I know. Did that fuck with his head? That he he was almost in One Direction. Um, no, I don't think he, I don't think he looks at it like that. I think I think in those positions, like you know how those shows work, they probably would have picked him anyway, and they knew it wasn't like he was almost there. Do you know what I mean? But I think he took it. He took it his stride. I mean, it's like what's what's for you won't go by you. I think is the saying that we see in school. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. but um, in a funny way, it's it's good that you didn't get through. Not in a funny way. Yeah. I think that it's it's gone past the tipping point where. Those kind of shows are a help. I think they're a hindrance. I yeah. think they make you like a musical pariah. I think radio stations don't want to play you. Yeah. There's a sense that you haven't done the work. They totally. haven't. They used to have a bit of credibility. I feel, but yeah, there's totally. just too many have gone past where they haven't produced a star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, well, the last band that must have done it was last. The last act that must have done it was probably One Direction. I mean, on the on the global scale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're pro- they're the biggest band to ever come from talent show. But then you look at what they've all done individually, and you go, "Oh, they're fucking." The, the, you can see they were all actually. They are all very talented and they all do work very hard and they all are good musicians. Two very good things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I think, um, yeah, with the talent shows, like, I know what you mean, like, yeah, recently it has become more of a. I mean, I don't even. I don't. I used to watch them and now I just. It's not even. It's not really on my radar at all. Yeah, they need to, they need to just go away for a while. And yeah. I, I worked on one and it paid my wages for yeah, a good few totally. years and, you know, I, all that. Too. I mean, it's good, it was good entertainment for a long time as well, but I think people. I think in, in, in a world now where people are on Twitter all the time and. It's, Twitter is kind of reality TV because it play by play everything that happens in the world is on Twitter second yeah. by second so you don't really need a reality TV show that isn't really reality because obviously they do all the big they do sometimes they'll be like oh you need to so maybe say this or do that do you know what I mean like the way I mean X Factor's done it before and stuff like yeah. that but in an increasingly an increasingly more fabricated world where people are on social media a lot and people want more like seem, what seems to be real things do you know what I mean how do you mean real? Like n- not reality show real, but like just genuinely like, like oh real stories, yeah. real interactions. Real. Yeah, yeah, totally, hundred percent. I think, and, and that maybe even though social media is growing and is becoming such a big part, I think as that keeps getting bigger and keeps kind of. I mean, we don't know how social media is going to affect us in fucking twenty years. Like, do you know what I mean? Oh, there's well, like, I think it's, I think Japan is probably a good case study. Like, they have yeah. state-funded detox programs for yeah. social media because yeah. it's like just crippling anxiety of totally. anyone kind of between fucking eighteen and twenty-five. Like, totally. yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing. It's like when our parents were younger, smoking. Everyone was like, we didn't know the health. We didn't really fully understand the health um, risks of smoking or whatever. Yeah, or whatever it is. And then now we don't really understand fully the health risks of social media. I was listening to the Daily New York Times Daily podcast, yeah. and they were doing a thing a while ago on smoking. And they mm. actually they played the audio from I think William Morris, who was the mm. big huge brand at the time, yeah. or Marlboro, yeah. and it was all the execs swearing blind when the evidence had been presented to mm. them. But like smoking doesn't it has zero health detriments. Yeah, totally. it's just this pure. Yeah, that's bad. But I'm sure if you I'm sure if you said the same thing. It, 
people who are so high up and these, oh, I think he's a blah nah but I think it's kind of it, it's coming to task now isn't it like particularly mm-hmm. all the like all the extreme content and the, mm-hmm. see the I don't know if you saw that video a while ago YouTube was accused of facilitating softcore porn and oh, really? no I didn't see and that all this stuff all the right wing so, so, stuff on Twitter oh. and fake ads and yeah. Facebook I think yeah. people are at least aware of it yeah yeah it's definitely like, that's what I'm saying like, but that's the thing as well it's like Twitter they would kind of shoot themselves in the foot a wee bit or Facebook because it's like they've got all this fake stuff up and then everyone can talk to each other directly using their platform and be like this stuff's all fucking bullshit isn't it like we're all aware yeah. this is bullshit so I think yeah that's that's probably why I mean when smoking was a thing I don't think people were chatting about the health risks of smoking no they were said so I look at sexy <laughs> exactly um, we should probably talk about the album because yeah. you've bills to pay and you want to sell music exactly right so hit us it's one of the best titles I've heard in a long time that's too long uh, it's called Divinely Uninspired to a Hellish Extent yeah it was it's, it's out May 17th and the title was a, a thing where I was wanted to I wanted to have a title that was a bit ridiculous I wanted to have a title that would be funny to watch the record label try and market <laughs> Um, I, I was quite inter- I'm quite interested to read reviews that now say divinely uninspired yep he was right and all that stuff do you know what I mean you can't give my album a worse review than I already have essentially but um, I think yeah the, in, in whole the title was there was a time making this album when as I say the whole, I'm usually quite let's have a laugh and this is priority number one and then for a bit during making this album I was a bit getting too caught up in the whole you know uh, one day everything's great in the music industry like everything's going great Firing all cylinders, and then the next, you know, tickets here aren't selling very well. Oh, this song isn't doing very well, and then people start. You kind of see people start to pull back a bit in terms of industry side of things. Oh, people being enthusiastic towards it. Yeah, yeah. You kind of see them, but be a bit like, oh, let's maybe see how this thing's going. Do you know what I mean? That thing. Maybe he's that. not the next Adele. Yeah, the stuff like that. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's like. Yeah, and I was kind of getting too caught up in that side of things, and I was being a bit like, oh, I was thinking about like how how we could t- think it. And then I just I just kind of stopped that for a minute, and I was like, this is supposed to be fun. I actually, I was I went in a session and wrote a song with the, where this lyric comes from that isn't on the album because then have time to finish it, but it will come out eventually. Um, What's the lyric? It's broken by desire to be heavenly sent, divinely uninspired to a hellish extent. So, um, yeah, in my head, that would have been the opening line of the album, but we fucked it. <laughs> <laughs> but I wrote, I wrote that, that song. It's basically about, yeah, just uh, that feeling like fucking up and down in music and how the chorus kind of says that I only want to be free and make my family proud, sort of thing. I only want to kind of do this for me and the people that. I love. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I wrote that song with a guy called Joe Little, who's who wrote fucking Royals with Lord and produced her full, full first album. Has done loads of stuff. And this guy called Mika Premita, who's done Selena Gomez and a bunch of other amazing... Like, wrote songs for them and, and stuff like that. So it was just... It was interesting having three guys at very different points in their career. Joe Little's obviously accomplished, like, pretty much everything you could hope to accomplish as yeah. you know, a producer, writer, whatever. Mika Primitaf's had some massive, massive songs and is a writer very much on the up, and I kind of saw myself as someone just starting out in music and it's, but just kind of building up. And what I found was we all had the same kind of experiences of this up-and-down nature of music and stuff like that. And it was like, in that kind of conversation, I was like, well, you've got... I mean, a guy who, who has literally had, at one point, the biggest song and album in the world and has continued to have the biggest songs and albums in the world with other people you've got this guy who's an up, up and coming amazing songwriter and yeah. is smashing it at the minute with hits and you've got me who's just starting and I, think, I thought it was quite interesting that we all had the similar 
experiences of even in our day to day life at that point yeah. of being up and down with the music industry and being a bit thingy and then it was in that conversation I kind of realised you know what this is maybe fun no matter what stage you're going to get to in your career you're going to have these insecurities and these thingies and these pitfalls and I thought this is maybe fun I'm not going to take any of this as seriously anymore because it was just it was just it's detrimental and it can really get you it can really be damaging to your to your mental health yeah. I think um, and I was like yeah this is and I'm just going to have a laugh with this and I think and anything, and anything you do in the pursuit of trying to get somewhere that you want to be, or in the pursuit of trying to do something good, or do something well, whether it be a relationship, or you know, just try to lose weight, or make a fucking album. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Seventy <laughs> percent um, of the time, you're going to feel like you're doing a bad job, and you're like, "Fuck, this isn't. I'm not doing what I want to do here. I want to be doing more." Seventy percent of the time, you're going to feel down about it because you're so you want to yeah, you do. want to be bigger and better and bolder and totally every, each time and I think what is amazing about it you're going to feel what you'll feel is to finally uninspired to his extent yeah yeah, and, uh, yeah I ding, think ding. what's the brilliant thing about it was breaking like getting to the end of making the album and being like do you know what I'm glad I had those moments because I was like it made me want to keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing to get something better and that's that line broken by desire to be heavenly sent divinely uninspired to a hellish extent I'm just saying I want to be good at this and it's sometimes can be quite a taxing thing. They 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 want to be good at something. It's a beautiful line. Thank you. It's better than your Robbie Williams line. What was that one? Oh, oh for God's sake! It was uh, the economy's going down the drain, and Robbie Williams is going insane. So that was that's a bit more direct. That one. Yeah. <laughs> no, that one's a bit more poetic. Let's yeah. nuance it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's flourish. That was from an early Lewis song. <laughs> hey, very finally. Mm. Um, any thoughts on Brexit? Um, I would. Ask, I mean, I'm not. I'm, a, I'm not a very political man, but I would like to stay in the EU I, do, I mean I, I have about as much clue what's going on in it as the politicians who are <laughs> the politicians <laughs> who are the sort of thing to do as well but um, yeah I don't know man it's fucking it's a shambles in it and I would like to stay in the EU maybe I'll get an Irish passport or try yeah. to at least I saw a great headline in the Guardian kind of saying mm. uh, Britain set to quit the EU all because Vicky 53 from Colchester unemployed doesn't <laughs> like black people yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it but I think, I think as well you need, there needs to be another referendum on it I mean there's such an overwhelming fucking thing in the kind of couple of years that's followed us voting to leave I mean Scotland didn't vote to leave at all we, we were yeah overwhelming yeah yeah but um I think now you'd have a much different outlook on it. I like, think people have seen it for what it is. Exactly. People were lied to and kind of fed, you know, nonsense. Yeah. And now it's like, I yeah. think if you didn't know, it would be like, oh, now we know what we're getting ourselves into. Fuck that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it would be it would be resounding. But, um, but yeah, fuck it. Looks like it's... I mean, the world's going to end someday anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what. Let's, let's finish up on if, if we have this exact same chat in a year's time, yeah. what will you hope to have achieved by then? Um, I hope I want to go and make a bit, a bit of a dent in America. I don't. It doesn't have to be fucking massive, but I would like to be able to tour America as like a singer. Uh, I hope I haven't offended anyone too much, and I hope that I'm still alive. So okay. those three things would be nice. So, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it, the first ever episode of Deep Diving, and thank you so much to Lewis for his time. Now, I will say this, now that you've gotten to the end of the podcast, myself and Lewis were supposed to have about an extra 20 minutes to kick stuff around, and owing to a massive technical meltdown on my side, first podcast, of course it was going to go wrong, uh, we lost that little bit of time, so I definitely would have liked to have gotten into more areas with him in a bit more detail, but sadly, time wasn't on our side. Be that as it may, hopefully we'll get him back for uh, a 
longer chat when he's back in town for the three arena. My guest on the show next week is a lady called Ruth Ann Cunningham, who goes by the stage name Ruth Ann. She's a relatively well-known singer, but a prolific songwriter, having co-written songs for Britney Spears, for B.B. Rexa and Martin Garrix, for Niall Horan. She wrote Slow Hands, which was a game changer for him, and JoJo's Leave Get Out back in the day, which propelled her into songwriting royalty. She'll be talking on the podcast next week about what goes on behind the veneer of the showbiz curtain, her Me Too moments and navigating life in a showbiz world. I hope you'll join us. If you like the podcast, do spread the word and I'll talk to you next week. Peace.